Thursday, everybody. Welcome back into another edition of Prime Sports World. Uh, we're going to try to bring you guys a double dose of Prime Sports World on today's episode or today's uh, series of episodes. Uh, we talk about the crossover here today, and then in the later episode, we're going to talk about the NBA, NFL, uh, the NFC East as we look at their off season. Um, I'm David Huffman, right there is Mr. T.J. Hopkins, and on today's version of the crossover, we're going to talk about load management, uh, hot topic around the National Basketball Association over the last couple seasons. And then we're going to talk about the award debate, uh, who we think is going to take over some hardware as we check back in halfway through the season. And then we're going to do some uh, something, nothing, everything. And then TJ's got us a goat talk uh, for today's episode. Uh, but yeah, I'm David Huffman, your host right there. This is TJ Hopkins, my co-host. And if you haven't heard of us before, we're probably in Sports World. Please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. If you do happen to miss us live, we also have a bunch of streaming platforms you can check out, uh, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. I'll share the link to that right now. Uh, also, I will share the StreamYard link, so if you want to join us to talk a little NBA action, more than welcome to do so as well. Uh, TJ, happy Thursday, man. Um, it's going to take a turn for the worse weather-wise here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, we are under a weather alert day. 
um, which does not mean I get to miss work. I still have to go to work because obviously. <laughs> Same. This is not going to happen till like by the time the the weather hits us, it's gonna, the kids are already going to be in school and all that other good stuff. So the the only thing I can hope for is that they cancel after school activities, which has been happening, which tends to happen. So if it's too well, bad, then they'll just say everything after like everything after three o'clock is canceled. Go home. Well, I was hoping to drive back to Chicago um, as soon as I got off work. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the weather there. Um, I'm still planning yes. on doing that, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the NBA. Let's talk about some load management. Uh, the problem, load management. So the issue, players getting paid a ton of money for missing games with no injury to justify the absence. Uh, fans paying big money to see star players only for them to be quote-unquote low badge. Uh, this trend started kind of with the Spurs and Greg Popovich when he used to raise, uh, rest his older stars, uh, Tim Duncan, Imaginomi, Tony Parker, all those guys. Um, there's been a, a, a fury of current and former players, uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, just recently uh, during All-Star Weekend, mm -hmm. uh, complaining about this particular trend. And you don't see this in any other professional sport where players missing time to preserve them from later. Uh, you see that in the National Football League, most of the time players are playing all, almost all seven, 17 games unless they, have, unless they have everything locked up in week number 17. Then you see players miss time. National Hockey League, you don't see this kind of a trend. You don't see this trend in Major League Baseball where they play double the amount of games that the basketball, National Basketball Association is. So I guess really the question is, do you think this is an issue and what does the NBA do about it if you do think it's an issue? Uh, obviously, it's it's been an issue for it's been an issue for a, hand, uh, a handful of years, right? And obviously, like the one argument that everybody uses is fans don't make fans don't make that kind of money to be like, oh, I missed this game, I can just go to the next home game, right? I don't know how much tickets are for every NBA team, but just to use an example, um, Bulls tickets are fifty bucks, depending on where you're sitting. Right? I, mm -hmm. I think the I think the upper three level, the three hundred levels are like fifty, fifty five dollars, something like that. Which you know, by yourself, that's fine. Right? Like I can, if I'm going to a game by myself, and it's like. Oh, Demar's not playing this game, or Zach's not playing this game. It's like okay, I just I'm I'm still going to the game because I, I I paid for the ticket, but I'm by myself, and it's like all right, that's just fifty five dollars. Maybe mm -hmm. if I go to another game by myself, they'll all be playing out of that. But if I got that money and I'm trying to make it like a family outing, and somebody don't play, yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's that's disappointing. I mean, because you got to – so, the, I mean, you watch uh, that game that LeBron played against – was supposed to play against the Golden State Warriors, and they had that girl sit on the bench, uh, and she basically got that ticket so she could try to see LeBron. I mean, she hoped that he would break the scoring title during that game. Uh, he ended up not playing it, up sitting next to her, which is still a nice moment, but it's not which the same as, like, you buy the tickets expecting – you're not expecting to see LeBron James as potential, like, make history – um, right. But yeah, this has been a serious problem, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sold that it even works as a as a method of preserving players. Like, I, I think it throws you out of rhythm. I think you don't never really never mesh with your teammates all that much because yeah. you don't play with them all that much. I mean, you don't nobody practices anymore in the NBA. It's very difficult for you to get in sync, especially when you have new players entered into the fold. Um, 
yeah, this is an issue for the NBA, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure there's like a magic wand that you can just swing and fix this. Like and... once the NBA kind of opened the box that allowed this in the first place, they've kind of laid, they made their own bed kind of for it. I, I'm not and... sure what you could do now. I'm, who knows what they can do, but it, it's so it used to be a badge of honor to play, yeah, all 82 games. Like, players, excuse me, players used to take pride in being able to say, I played all 82 games. I, we, we, I, we, we do these, we use these go talk conversations like every week, right? And we have these players <laughs> that are playing like upwards of 40 minutes a night, playing 80 minutes, 80 games a season. And we, don't games, just don't, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't see that stuff out of the players anymore. And you know, I, I also, I also think that like it just like I think 10 years ago, I think they had there was like 42 players that played all the all 82 games. I think the most past season, I think only five did. So it's. I, it, it's an issue, like it really is, because, I, and obvious, like so, like Jalen Rose said something like, "All right, if you're gonna load manage, do it at do it for home games versus on the road." Like if I'm a Knicks fan, Steph Curry only comes to the Garden once a year. If I go to a, if I go to that game, if I go to the Knicks Warriors, and Steph Curry ain't playing, damn, I feel like that's a wasted ticket, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if that's the only re- is that the only reason you bought the ticket? And I mean, I imagine how heartbroken you'd be. Like, it's the same same thing with that Jimmy Butler fan who when, when Jimmy Butler was legitimately hurt. But you know, you buy a ticket to go see a Miami Heat game against you know whoever what happens to be your hometown team, and you expect to see Jimmy Butler, and then he you know he can't play because he's injured. Like, yeah, no, I mean, obviously that, not. Like, obviously, like we're not saying this is like you know those who are like. Le- out with like legitimate injuries right like we're not we're not coming at those we're coming at the dudes so it's like like izzy brought it up in the group chat so portland had nine days off the only person who really had all-star obligations was damian lillard and it's an all-star game where you're and it's an all-star game where you're not really playing all that hard you're not really because you're not trying to exert yourself and then your next game isn't until three days after the All-Star game. And then you still sat him. It's like, why? Like, what was the point of sitting? Like, what was the point of sitting him, uh, uh, Grant, Nurkic, and whoever? Like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Like, they, Especially the other two dudes. Like, they, they literally just had 10 days prior to that. Then you sat them hey. some more? And then on top of that, so these TV executives, the ones that hold like have all the TV, like the reason that salary cap is so high and the players are able to make so much money is because of the new TV deals. But if you're a TV executive at a TV, like one of these guys at TNT or ESPN or ABC or Disney, like you're looking at like you had a marquee game, you expect to have a marquee game on a Saturday night, and you look at who you look all of a sudden it's like LeBron's not playing because of whatever, and you know you have all of these players are just missing games that are on marquee primetime television. Television, and you paid a lot of money to get these players th- like this product on your airwaves and now it's being watered down because players just simply don't want to play so like we and, and i think we saw it we saw it happen um and i i understand like because of different different circumstances is not low money. it's just because both teams well one team started off good and then they blew it up and like they're all they're going they're going downhill, and the other team has just never really been in it from the beginning. Um, the Nets and the Bulls were supposed to play on ESPN a couple weeks ago, right? 
or yeah. like not like not a couple weeks, like a week ago. Like it didn't help that the Nets got blew out by forty five. <laughs> but when you make that when like when you schedule that game to be a national televised televised game at the start of the season, you're like, okay, it's gonna be Kyrie, KD versus Zach and Demar. Kyrie and KD, they're gone. Zach and Demar have underachieved this season. So it's like, all right, the, the execs have no choice but to be like, damn, I gotta pull that off national TV. I don't want that on my national TV slot. Yeah, I mean, but you, when you're that close to the game time, and like, there's nothing you can really do. Um, but I think the what are the things that I've think that the, the interesting stuff that I read on the internet about ways you can fix this because you know we've all identified that it's a problem, and I, I don't think the NBA players are going to willingly make a change. Like I, I think that they're like, yeah, we're going to get paid the same amount of money regardless, so it makes no difference to us whatsoever. You got to kind of hit players where it hurts, and like if you can't, you're not eligible for like all an NBA team unless you play 72 games or more. You're not eligible. Well, for that's any of the, that's any most of the contracts U- anyway. Like that's most contracts. Like hey, you, you want to be all right. NBA? You got to hit this. You got to play this amount of games. You got to. I, I, I'm not totally sure that that, that is the case. Because yes, contracts in the NBA are fully guaranteed. Like all all NBA teams are voted in by journalists. If you're not eligible to be voted for because you've missed too many games, like all NBA what? and that, okay. that, that and that yeah, directly it literally impacted. no, it and literally that, happened it, it literally happened to Clay Thompson. Why do you think Clay like Clay Thompson missed out on like fifty million dollars because he missed an all NBA slide? Well, yeah, think- sure, that, that contract, I'm talking, but they're in the actual, like, getting a contract extension, you're 100% right. With, like, when Paul George signed his Supermax, or Randy Beal actually does an even better example, because he made an all-NBA team the season before he signed that Supermax contract, that's why he was eligible for it. So if you make it so, if you don't play 72 games or whatever, however you want, you want to set, set the threshold at, if you don't play this considered amount of criteria, you're not eligible for any of the all NBA teams, you're not eligible for MVP. You're not eligible for six man of the year. You're not eligible for, you know, most improved player, you name it. You will no longer be eligible for those awards. And we can make the same argument for all-star appearance. If you don't make, if you don't play in at least 75% of your team's games before the all-star break, you're not eligible for the all-star. Game either. And so Steph, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr was like one way to come back low management is to knock 10 games off the season, lower it from 82 to 72. And I'm like, that doesn't help. Like people, cause people are just going to uh, strategically plan missing out on 72, like not all 72, but it's like, all right, of these 72, I, I can set out five games. I can play 65 instead of 72. I can play 60 games instead of 72. Because there's no there's no amount of games that it's all of a sudden going to be like oh well that's the amount of game oh, I can play all those games like the right. NBA player the player because they've fallen into this this habit now they're if they have the opportunity to play to, to get paid and not have to play I, it feels like they're just going to continue to do that and the only, the only way you can really affect if you really want to get this out of the league is to directly go after people's pocketbooks, get do away with the fully guaranteed NBA contracts. You know, you get paid based on performance, based on how you perform on the court and when you perform in the court. Cause as long as NBA contracts are guaranteed and there's no, there's no downside to mm-hmm. not, not missing games. If you don't, you, you know, you got like a little, like your ankles messed up a little bit one day or you're, you know, you're just not feeling it one day. I mean, like you can just side out oh, like a play cause it doesn't affect your pocketbook or anything else really at all. And, and, and the teams and CJ, themselves, yeah, 
teams themselves got to do better. CJ McCollum kind of blew the whistle on this when he, because I think he's getting ready to, what you call it, uh, he's getting ready. He's setting his next career up. Like, so he, you already know he has a deal with. Uh, well, he, he, he is the president of the Players Players Association right no, now. No, with that, and like he has a deal with ESPN where like during the offseason he comes on, he's in, uh, he's a studio analyst for like the NBA and whatnot. So he's getting his next, the next part of his career uh, started. But he kind of said it like when he was in Portland and they released the schedule. Dame, him and Dame would look at the schedule together and be like, um, I so like, are we playing this game? Like, they would literally ask, to, like, hey, are we playing this game? Like, are we playing this Tuesday night in Orlando? Like, are we playing that game or are we sitting? And then the team would tell them yes or no to the games, like, you're yes, you're playing, no, you're not. So it's like, like, is it really the so that, that's the next question? Like, is it really the player? No, I, I do think there's the there's for sure there's for sure some ownership involvement in this as well, um, because if you're if you are an owner, you don't really because uh because you don't really care about the regular season as an owner. If you have a top fight <laughs> basketball team and you're like we're gonna make the playoffs regardless of you know LeBron misses thirty games or whoever your player is, you know put player A, player B in that same scenario, and you, we're gonna make the playoffs regardless if you know, if our best player doesn't play for thirty games, we, we're more concerned about making sure that 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 player is healthy when we get to times that it matters, which is the playoffs and the NBA, because of the play in as well, they've kind of watered down their own regular season where they've kind of made it mean less and less. So like a regular season game in, in January literally has almost no impact on an individual season outside of maybe some seating stuff here and there. Uh, It's, it's definitely something that's going to come that's definitely something that's going to come up in the next uh, CBA oh, 100%, 100%. agreement. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because there's no way it won't. Because, like Charles Barkley, he said, like he, out, this is the one thing he said on first take that actually made sense. And it's all right. The the bigger these CBA contracts are, these TV deals are, the more money players are going to get paid. And eventually, you're going to have dudes making sixty, seventy, eighty million dollars, and I don't know about you, but I'm not fin- like I don't want my eighty million dollar superstar sitting out because why the hell am I paying you? I'm paying 100%. you to play. Yep. I'm paying you to play. Like I don't want to pay you all that money for you to be like, I. Right, it's a Tuesday night in Detroit. We know Detroit's bad, but it's a Tuesday night in Detroit. You're not playing. Yeah, I understand. I'm paying you eighty million dollars, but you're not playing. <laughs> like no. Hell no. So, yeah, I, so the next the next CBA will be extremely interesting to see what ends up happening with load management. Um, I, I I'm 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 gonna make the argument. You you basically you put a games play threshold into every single award. Like we talk about um, scoring title, like make the scoring title be make that incorporated into you know the, how many games you actually play. Because I know last season um, Joel Embiid won the scoring title, but actually Demar Derozan scored more points last season. Right. Like, like, Joel Embiid Joel 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 missed more games, and so his average was higher, and that's why he won the scoring title. That's the way it's always been calculated. But I, I think you have to go after NBA players where, they, where it matters. You take away opportunity to win awards. You would take away the opportunity to you know re- represent your team as like an MVP or something, and I think that will eventually stir the court. Because right now, 
we're not going to see a change unless the NBA puts their foot down and really like puts pen to paper on a policy that makes real dis- difference. Real difference. So like, like if it's a if it's a lockout come the next CBA, like I that wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I, I wouldn't and, be surprised either. So like so. I'm just I, and I and I keep telling people this on Facebook and in various sports groups I'm in. I'm like, hey. Don't I'm telling y'all right now. If a, do not be surprised when the lockout happens. I'm telling you, it's and they're like, oh no, why would that? I'm like, all right. Um, I, okay. I promise you, it's, it's for sure gonna happen. I pro- uh, it's for sure gonna happen. Uh, moving on from this, uh, try to throw down in the comment section what you think should be done about load management. Uh, how, what do you guys think should be a remedy to fix this issue? Uh, moving on, let's talk about midseason award predictions. Uh, as we did our award predictions at the beginning of the season, now let's jump into what we think is going to happen now that you know, we played 50-some games in the NBA season so far. Uh, let's talk about MVP. Uh, Vegas uh, has uh, Nicole Jokic as the betting odds favorite to win. Uh, this was updated as of uh, March 1st, so yesterday. Uh, with Joel Embiid at two, Giannis three, Jason Tatum four, Luka Doncic five, John Morant six, and then Damian Lillard rounded out the top seven. If that math is correct, yeah, seven guys. Um, but if you had to pick a guy who you thought would be the most most valuable player so far this season, who's it going to be, and who's going to win the award? MVP. Oh, it's Joker. Joker won two MVPs when one one year he was the sixty, the other year he was what top three, top four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he averaged a triple double. So, like this year, he's averaging the triple double, and he's the one seed. So, how do you deny him this year? I think the only other two guys that even have a legitimate shot at this, I think, are Giannis and Jason Tatum. Especially Jason Tatum continues to play the way he's playing lately. Um, but yeah, I think this is Joel. Joel Nicole Jokic is award to win for sure. Yeah. Uh, move, moving on from there, let's talk about Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, betting favorites for that award right now. Actually, I don't have that. I will have to look it up. Okay, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Brooke Lopez is number two, Bam Adebayo three, Nick Claxton four, Giannis Antetokounmpo at number five. And I do not remember who we even had as our – who I even had predicted who would win the award at this point. Uh, now that it's been did so I have long since we did it. Did I have – I don't remember who I had either. Uh, I don't uh, remember, man. <laughs> Um, the way Jaron Jackson, if, I think the only thing that's stopping Jaron Jackson is he, yeah, 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 he blocks a lot of shots, but he can't, he still has foul trouble. He he still can't defend and block shots without fouling. Mm-hmm. All right, like it's almost like you can pencil in Jaron Jackson for four fouls a game. I I'm I'm serious, right? And if you get to him, and the only thing that you really got to do is you got to keep challenging him. Like you can't be intimidated because he blocked your shot once or twice. Because if you keep going at him, more than likely you're gonna get those foul calls. You're gonna get a body call. You're gonna get something like it's it's gonna happen. So he's the betting favorite right now. Uh, I did not know Brook Lopez, Brooke Lopez quietly. Yeah. Quite yeah, like. I, mean, I mean, he's having a really good season from the defensive end of the ball. I mean, he's I think he's averaging like almost two and a half blocks a game. Like, and Bam and, and, and Bam, if the Heat were better, Bam would have a better argument. Yeah. And, and the, you know, I always want to see like those notable wing defenders, you know, kind of be the guy who has a win in this war. But there isn't really anybody that really stands out as a notable wing defender this particular season. Well, um, I, I, I think because t- so many – We've had so many high-scoring performances this year. It's yeah, kind of, yeah. And you and, and you look at the dudes who are doing the high-scoring performances. They're 
primary defenders are other guards slash wing players, right? Like we've had two 70-point games this season, and mo- mo- most of the people that's guarding those dudes are other guards and wings. I don't know how many 50 – I don't know how many 50-point performances we've had, 40-point – like it – Oh, we did month. that show. Well, we did that show a month ago now, or was it two months ago now? When we were talking about the scoring p- output in the NBA, we yeah. had a billion high-scoring points games since then. I mean, so like literally the, the other night, Damian, Damian Lillard had seventy-two points on like a ridiculous efficiency. Yeah, seventy-one points, and he hit thir- thirteen to twenty-two yeah, threes. Yeah, and that crazy, that crazy game against Sacramento and the Los Angeles Clippers. Two two players went for forty points in that game. Like, one off the bench, and one of them came off the bench. Yeah, like, you dropped yeah. forty-two off the bench. Nobody was playing. Like, I, I, I went on Facebook. I'm like, yo, one seventy-six to one seventy-five. It wasn't an ounce of defense played in that game. And somebody was like, no, they was playing defense. Miles just couldn't miss. Then nobody was playing defense. Like what? Like what? Like that's um, an, like. Do you not realize that's an oxymoronic uh, statement? Like, oh, they was uh, playing deep. Nobody could miss. Then nobody was playing defense. 2.4 blocks a game for uh, Brooke Lopez um, so far this season, which is really impressive, actually. Um, but, yeah, I think Jaron Jackson, Triple J, is probably going to win this award. He's been really good this season, and he was really good last season. Uh, he just didn't play enough games to be eligible for the award, so, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and then to Sixth Man of the Year, uh, your Sixth Man of the Year, Russell Westbrook, probably no longer an option probably. for that award. Well, um, I, I ain't going to go that far, bro. He started three games. How is he? I mean, but I, 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 mean I imagine he's going to start the rest of the way, right? Uh, he is, he, he is that? still – yeah, you're right. I don't know that. Um, given how things have gone in LA, LA since he's gotten there, I wouldn't – I'm not totally sure. Um, I'm not going to put that on him. No, I'm not going to put it on either. But, yeah, things are – they need to shake something up a little bit. Uh, so, you know, sixth man of the year, we have awards. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Russell Westbrook actually tied uh, with the top odds. Uh negative 165. Norman Powell, Tyrese Maxey, who's actually starting now again, um, so I don't know if he'll be eligible for this award. Uh, Benedict Matherin, who came off the uh, came off the gate super hot. Uh, it's kind of cooled down a little bit here. And then Christian Wood, uh, who is, was starting for a long time, a little bit for Dallas, but now is back to the bench uh, after he came back from an injury. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you, I, I, don't, I don't know who's going to win this award. I, I thought Russell Westbrook, as long as he stayed in Los Angeles and he stayed in that role, I thought he was a, sh- a lock to win this award. Now I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, Norval Powell is doing some nice things off the bench in L.A. Out Malcolm Brogdon is coming off the bench and doing a nice things for a team that's going to be the number one seed, number two seed in the Eastern Conference. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, it's probably him, but I, the whole thing with Westbrook and with the Lakers, again, we already know how that went down. He was the scapegoat. They needed somebody to blame. He was easy pickings. Boom. That's, that's literally what happened. He was – I feel like if he goes to the Clippers, which obviously made the most sense, if he goes to the Clippers and all they do is just move him to the six-man spot, but you don't want to do that because Norman Powell has been absolutely phenomenal for you off the bench. Yep. So you kind of like – and, 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 and they don't really have a point guard like that outside of him. Like Terrence Mann's not really a point guard. Bull Highland's kind of more of a two. They kind of need somebody to run their offense and put them and, in good sets on occasion. Right. And, because and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were, were shouldering too much of the load anyways. And I'm not finna sit – like, yeah, they're 0-3 since Westbrook signed, and I'm not finna sit here and let the skip Bayless – Or something like that. No, they're 0-3. Oh, okay. I'm not the, – the Mavericks are the one that's 1-4 since – yeah, okay, Kyrie, thank you. 
So I'm not finna. We're, I'm we're, not finna we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna talk about them. I'm not finna let the Skip Baylesses of the world be like, see, they're zero and three, and it's all Westbrook's fault. No, I'm not finna let you do that because the first game he fouls out. That's the that's the that was the second highest scoring game in NBA history. Yeah, and Paul George on a minute restriction couldn't play in overtime. Paul George they, on a they, 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 they win that game if he doesn't if they don't lose both those guys, or at least one. If they don't lose, if they don't, if they just take the minute restriction off of Paul George, he's like, hey, bro, go crazy. Then yeah, different story. And then the second and then, game, and then the second game, they went up against the Denver Nuggets team that is a really good unit. And then they got a Minnesota Timberwolves team that's been on kind of an upswing. So I mean, that, those are that's a tough three game stretch. And the second, and the second, the, the the Nuggets game, Westbrook didn't even play in the fourth quarter in overtime. Westbrook didn't play. And then the the, the Timberwolves game, like you said, it's just what whatever happened happened. But I'm not going to sit here and say it's his well, fault. Well, well, Westbrook has been getting them in good sets. He's been putting, make, getting them playmaking opportunities. Um, but yeah, so but back to the six man of the year. I think Malcolm Brogdon probably makes the most sense to win this award. Uh, he's been the, probably the most important bench player so far this season. Yeah, I will give uh, Malcolm Brogdon, or if he stays in that role, Norman Powell. Yeah. Uh, moving on from, I think it's probably the most clear-cut award uh, of all of the ones on this screen here. It's the most improved player of the year award. Is it clear-cut? Uh, I think that you'd have a hard time not giving it to Laurie Markin unless something really goes south uh, with his game over down the stretch here. I know that SGA has a legitimate argument. You know, he was a first-time All-Star too. Um, but, you know, this is the kind of the conversation we talked about with, like, even though John Morant did actually win the award last year, like SGA was like already good last season. Like, well, his, it was, his, 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 SGA, his, is, SGA probably missed too many games to to qualify now, but maybe, it's not. I mean, Jalen Brunson, Tyler Halliburton is another guy. Cam Thomas, uh, who had that stretch of four games in a row or three games in a row. He is not going to win most improved off of four games. No, no, no. But I think Tyler's hell. I think Laurie Market has got this kind of sewed up, dude. Uh, it's probably Jalen Brunson. I I would give it to Laurie Market. I mean, Lori uh, marketed where Lori Marketing's game was at this time last year. To pair what it is now, that is substantial growth. Yeah, it's probably going to be. Um, I don't know how they. I I really don't know what they what they're going to base it off of because the Jazz got off to such a hot start and they've, you know, they've come back down to earth like we predicted. But Jalen Brunson, what he's done for the 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 Knicks, I understand they are just. What are they? The fifth seed. Yeah, they won six games in a row. Um, but but that's Tom but that's Thibodeau, what they Tom, are. That's Tom what they Thibodeau, are. Tom Thibodeau actually smiled uh, during a game <laughs> yesterday. Like, that's what they are. Like <laughs> they they are. I don't ever see the Knicks being a top three seed as currently constructed. They well, need no, that, especially not over who the teams that they have they're chasing right now with the Cavaliers, right. Sixers, Boston, and Milwaukee. I just don't see it. But and they like they need that that superstar to put them over the top. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but Randall Brunson, Barrett, you're not superstars. You're very nice players. That's what you are. Especially uh, RJ Barrett's been extremely disappointing so far. This <laughs> so uh, like but that, yeah, I, I, I think Laurie market is going to win this award. I wouldn't be shocked if SGA won it, if he's plays enough game to be quote unquote eligible. Uh, but yeah, give me, give me Laurie market to win this award. I started off saying Laurie marketing, but I don't know. I, I, I think, at some point in time, we do have to value. We do have to value winning, and if Jalen Brunson is the, the 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 key catalyst of a Knicks team that didn't make the playoffs last year, and he has them up into the fifth seed, it, 
this year. Like we literally saw Tom Thibodeau win coach of the year because he got them to a four seed. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Laurie Market. I think his, his, his story, his, his narrative is probably better than Jalen Brunson, who wasn't good. If you remember correctly, he was pretty good. Yeah, at he Dallas, was. Right? Yeah, well, he, he wasn't he was. as good. At, he's not as good as he is now, but uh, we'll see. Um, two rookie of the year and uh, top four, five odds makers: Palabon Carroll, Benedict Matherin, Walker Kessler in the top three. Uh, Jay Nivey, uh, and then Jalen Williams. I think that's the Jalen Williams from the Thunder. Um, at one time, I don't know what Jalen Williams it is though. It's one of them. Um, it's uh, but Pella Vaccaro is probably my lock to win this award. The dude has just been when he's healthy, he's been the most impressive rookie so far this season. Uh, he's averaging close to 20 points a game, basically seven rebounds, basically four assists, uh, shooting at 42% from the field. That's pretty good production out of a guy who was the first overall pick, and I think he will end up being it's, it's expected. Like, I don't again, we at some point in time. Rookies putting up bad, putting up numbers on bad teams. I mean, the Magic are like they're not even as bad as like people thought they'd be. I mean, they got twenty five wins so far this season. That's not terrible. Where, where are they in the standings? I mean, yeah, but I mean, but okay. they're all, they're, all, they're yeah, but they're only like one game out of the play-in. Two games where out they, of the play-in. Where are they in the standings? They're currently twelve. Yeah, no. But they're yeah they're three and a half, they're four and a half games games back of the play and I, I didn't actually that that Matt, yeah my bad yeah but they they have twenty six wins they only got three less than the Bulls and we've come to like we we found out pretty quick that the Bulls aren't yeah, <laughs> yeah. so saying you oh they only have three less wins than the Bulls is that really saying something like That's, uh, you know it's saying something because you're saying it <laughs> is it really saying something and the the Mavericks are just killing the seventy sixes right now. Um, Ricky of the year of yeah Walker Kessler kind of just snuck up in there because because yeah. no one even like no one thought he'd be well I I thought this because like I'm like I, I thought he I thought he blocked a lot of shots I mean he's like what seven two yeah he's seven two got like a pterodactyl like, wingspan did, did he lead the uh, college in, in <laughs> he led, right he he led the NCAA in blocks uh, like again yeah. this is this was a dude who was teammates with. Houston uh, he was Auburn. He was Jabari. Yeah, Jabari he was Smith. Jabari Smith. He was teammates with Jabari Smith, and we're like, and that's a. I think that's the dude who thought everybody thought would be in this award in this race. And Jabari Smith has not had a good rookie year. Quiet as kept. I mean, no, for sure not. He uh, he, he his deficiencies on the offensive end of the ball have been exposed in a really not good way. Like he can't <laughs> facilitate his own offense. He needs everything created for him. And that's kind of what the debate was when he was when people were talking about him in the draft process. Like he just doesn't have that those intangibles, that flashy stuff to like really be a difference on offense without being assisted. Like he, he can shoot it when he's open, and he's a pretty solid defender. But as a, a player that's going to be a focal point of an offense, I don't think he's ever going to get there. And no one is right. No, no one's lobbing him. I, I don't know. I, I just think he's just not in a good situation in Houston. I, that's just I, me. I, I think I think that situation is kind of a mess all around. So yeah, it's all, mess none, none, none of those guys are really developing the way they should be. And Benedict Matherin is coming off the bench in Indianapolis again. My think he's playing for a coach in Rick Carlisle, who really it, it takes a lot for him to play rookies. Like every unless your name is Luka Doncic, then it's like yeah, you're playing him. Yeah. He is not, 
he is not coming off your bench. He is just like he, yeah, he's the guy. Uh, but Britt Carlisle, we already know he's a veteran coach. He, with him, you have to be coachable. Right? And Benedict Matherin has proved to be a very coachable rookie. Um, but yeah, this is probably going to be Van Carroll's award to lose just because it's, I, if not him, then who? Yeah. That's really what it's falling down to. Because Ben and the Matherin started the season on like a scorcher, but he's for sure cooled off as of late. Um, but yeah, I think Paulo Bencaro probably wins this award. Uh, to the final award we'll talk about here today, Coach of the Year. Um, Mike. The betting odds right now is Joe Mazzula, Mike Brown, Michael Malone, uh, Taylor Jenkins, and then Doc Rivers. And I, I can't imagine a scenario where Joe Mazzula does not win this award. Given Mike the Brown. scenario. It's Mike Brown. I understand. I think, I, I think I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I think Joe Mazzulla ends up being the coach of the year, given what he had to deal with, like, you know, coming in for Adoka. Oh, you know, dealing with, dealing with, uh, so, so he had to deal with a situation that his team created? I, yeah. So, would been, it would have been easy. I'm, it would have been easy to just, you know. To, I'm going to applaud not, you for I'm going to applaud you for handling the mess that your front office created. No, yeah. not doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to him. Uh, also, coming off the you know the championship hangover, this team has not missed a, a beat. Um, I got Joe Mazzulla. and no, I, 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 I respect. I respectfully think yeah, Mike Brown is going to for sure have a conversation. He's going to get some votes, but I think Joe Mazzulla is going to win this award. Yeah, Mike Brown. For you to like, for you to end probably the the most dreaded curse in the NBA. Again, this is a this is a sports franchise in the Sacramento Kings who have de- they've had to deal with bad teams, fifty thousand coaches, yeah. reloc- relocation rumors. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I just I don't think he's going to win the award. I, I I I reserve the right to be wrong though. So like for them to be like I like you and let's let's not let's not act like they were he- they were hesitating about giving him this job when. He takes over for Steve Kerr last year for a well, few games. The, the, already, the report was that if they, had, they hadn't already hired him, they wouldn't have. If they, so. Right. If they, if they didn't already hire him, they wouldn't have. And this is because this is coming off a fifty-point loss to the to the um to the Memphis Grizzlies in, in the playoffs, no less. But yeah, still, without John Morant, without without John Morant, like got got to add that part without John Morant. And yeah, but for him to go from that. To having this team third in the West again, no one's talking about the Kings. That's true. The third. Uh, moving on for some rapid fire, something, nothing, everything. And PG, I got uh, six topics for you. Uh, Kevin Durant makes his return to the Phoenix Suns in his first game. He drops over twenty points. He plays over twenty minutes. Something, nothing, everything. Nothing. It was against the Charlotte Hornets. I'd be more disappointed if he didn't drop 20 points on the efficient shooting that he did. It's something. Uh, the fact that he's back on the court, uh, showed no real, no nagging signs of that injury. Uh, it's nothing. It's the Charlotte Hornets. It's something. He's back on the it's court. The, it's the Charlotte Hornets with no LaMelo ball. It's the Charlotte Hornets that's going for I, I I'm like, no. Uh, uh, like, it's, for, sure, it's something. Back, for, he's back on the floor. I think that's got to be something worth celebrating. For um, Matt to be like, oh, he exceeded my expect, he nailed my expectations, dude. It's the Hornets. They what got ex- nobody to guard. They got nobody to guard. I mean, it's he, the he Hornets. Should've, he should have gone for thirty. Let's be real. LeBron James. LeBron James expected to miss 
at least three more weeks with this right mm -hmm. foot injury. Something, nothing, everything. Every, well, obviously for the Lakers, it's everything because for them, it's everything. For me, it's it's nothing because I don't think they were going to make the playoffs anyway with him. So him being out for the next three weeks, I get it. You beat a you beat a um a, an OKC team, but you lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, which I understand. Like that's a, right. that's a job. Ja, ja Morant went bananas in the second half and basically beat them up. Jabba, ja Morant went bananas in the third quarter. He dropped twenty eight <laughs> in the third, and yeah. So I'm this to me. This is nothing because again, I didn't have them making the playoffs. To begin I, with. I, I have them making the playoffs. I still feel still find a way to get in. Um, I this is everything. Missing LeBron James, the catalyst for this team. The reason that you traded away some of the other stuff on this roster to to was to facilitate what LeBron James does well. Um, and DeAndre yeah. Russell is also out now. Yeah, this is everything. Uh, Steph Curry expected to return Sunday, way sooner than me and Izzy. And I don't know about you, but I, I thought he'd be, I thought he'd be out for a really long time. Like this injury sounded nasty. It looked sounded terrible. I, I thought it might cost him majority of the regular season, if not all of it. Um, expect to return on Sunday, something, nothing, everything. Something. Uh, this is a, again, I don't know why, but they're like, we're waiting on that warrior push that warrior run. And I'm like, all right, you're going to keep waiting. I mean, they're, they're the five. They're the five seed right now. Shocking. Surprisingly, they're the five seed. They kept the ship pretty afloat uh, in the Steph Curry absence. He also benefited the fact that the All Star break was in between that. But at the same time, it's how much of this burden, how much of this burden can he continue to, to carry? Yeah, I, I, but I, I don't disagree with you. I just think this is the Golden State Warriors and, the, and that, that franchise and that fan base. It's everything. Getting Steph Curry back, he's the only one that really makes this engine go. Without because him, they just kind of like, like what's his name? Jordan Poole has been he's been fantastic yeah. in his absence, but Jordan Poole, I mean Steph Curry comes back. Jordan Poole is like he don't have that kind of free range. Like he don't have that kind of that that quote unquote green light when Steph Curry is there. Like it, it helps, but I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, for the Warriors again, for the Warriors, it's everything. My best player is coming back. We can make we can try to make that push and see where it gets us. But to me, me personally, it's just a it's, it's just a something because of how the season's gone for them. They're thirty three and thirty. And then we got the final three. Uh, the first one has to do with the Los Angeles Clippers, zero and three with Russell Westbrook uh, on the roster. Something, nothing, everything. Something. It just uh, in the terms that it just gives those who hate. Russ Russell Westbrook and this narrative out against him it just gives them something to talk about. It just gives them more finger pointing, more blame deflecting. Forget the fact that you know in these three games you've given up 176, uh, whatever the Clippers scored and uh, the Clippers, whatever the um, the Nuggets scored in OT, 134. 134, and whatever the Timberwolves scored the other night. Yeah, this is nothing. Um, the fact that, you know, implementing a new piece, especially somebody who's going to be as ball dominant, Russell Westbrook is going to take some time. Uh, if you played three playoff teams back to back to back, it's nothing. This is a the Clippers are going to be fine. Um, 
to the other team that added a new piece that's been struggling as of late, except for in tonight's game, where they're beating down one of the better yeah. teams in the Eastern <laughs> <laughs> Beating down one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. But the Luke and Kyrie one and four as a pairing. Uh, they had a game, I think it was uh, the night before, uh, where you know Kyrie tried to take the game-winning shot and missed. Uh, Luka Doncic did not get a touch on that offense possession. One and four for Luka and Kyrie with all of the stuff around this. Um, again, just like what, just like uh, Westbrook, it's something, right? It gives those who don't like Kyrie something to talk about, and I don't like it. I understand that you don't. I get you don't watch Undisputed, and dude, I tip my hat out to you because I've tried it. I like I, I try not to watch it, but I'm just so invested into the show that I I, I just watch it. Like I'm just I, I, like, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't even have the channel in Arizona, so I can't even watch like, it. So. bro, like like even if you did watch it, I don't even think you would. Like I legit think you would make it past the first topic. Like I sort of. So like Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless has it in his mind that Luca's mad, he's frustrated, he's pouting that Kyrie Irving's here and he's taking his shots and and it's just like no that that's just not true at all, dude. Like so the other day like they had a shot to win it and Kyrie Ir- the, the play was was drawn up for Kyrie Irving and Skip Bayless is like oh that's not sitting right with Luca. It's just like what are you talking about? I mean, they're they're combined for sixty four points tonight. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Uh, it's this, like this, Jay- this, is, this is this is close to nothing. I mean, this is the same deal as when we talked about Westbrook. I mean, you add a piece that changes the like changes your landscape of your team, where a guy is gonna have the basketball in his hands, is gonna run your offense through him, and he's gonna need to have <laughs> it just the basketball. Takes the pressure do. off. It takes the pressure off of Luca. Like that's there's gonna that, be a, that, there's gonna be some. It takes some time for that to, to mesh well together. This is nothing for me. And it's gonna be like just like Westbrook and the Lakers and the Mavs, you're going to need more than 23 games. Yeah. That's like, like you're going to need like everything from this point on from the all-star break on is a rush job because I've never seen the first off, I've never seen the all-star game this late into the season. Yeah. They, for, like, sure, they for sure shifted it because they, they've made it. So it's way later in the season. Um, yeah. So we'll see. This is nothing for me. I, I, I only put it on the list because it fires up the, 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 the haters, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from there, let's talk about Damian Litter. This will be the last one. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes for 71 points a couple days ago. Um, he dropped, yeah, again, in a game where they won uh, 131 to 114. Uh, Logo Lillard, yes, eighth player in NBA history to go for seven, 70 points or more in a single game. Something, nothing, or everything. Again, something, I, it's a feat, right? 71 in the game is 70 points in the game is that, bro, that's hard. And for him to do it as efficiently as he did it, I, everybody was trying to talk about him and Donovan Mitchell's 70-point game. Like, the difference is he did this in four quarters. Mitchell got an extra period. Yeah. Mitchell got overtime and bad officiating. Um, Damian Litter was literally taking two, three dribbles past half court, letting it go. He dropped 41 at half. It's the it's the most efficient NBA game with at least seventy points in NBA history. Shot twenty two of thirty eight from the field, thirteen of twenty two from three point range, fourteen of fourteen from the free throw line, a true pruning percentage of eighty percent. So like 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 you think about that. So he he only got to the free throw line fourteen times. Donovan Mitchell got to the line twenty five times. He was twenty of twenty five from the free throw line. 
So he had more free throw attempts. He had an extra period. He had an extra five minutes to do it. And bad officiate. I'm gonna keep throwing that out there. The officiate. I mean, I mean, he he shoots he shoot shots from like the logo, man. Like, like do you see where he? And I don't know if I'm more. I don't know if I'm like what I'm more surprised at. Like, am I more surprised that that he went for the points that he went for, or am I more upset at the Houston Rockets for being like, hey, we should probably get the ball out of his hands. Dude, I, I like pick him up a half court, like, like pick, trap him, trap him at half court, get make him get rid of the basketball, don't let him shoot it from like. That's if he makes a couple in a row. Like that, you obviously feel and he's cooking. And, like once you hit one, man, the rim just looks enormous. Like you can literally shoot it from anywhere and it'll go in. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, like Houston is just like oh. And I'm, and I'm only talking that as somebody who has experience of like playing basketball at the rack, dude. Like you ever, you ever play basketball I, with, at the rack and there's like that one dude. Like once he hits one, it just you're done. Like that—that's Damian Lillard, dude. Like, 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 it's, it's usually not one. It's—it's it's maybe like two, maybe three. Yeah. And it's like, all right, it's there's like, all right. A, there's, there's for sure. There's a. I play up at this Beast Field House in Fort Wayne. I—I I play with this guy on a regular basis. If he hits one shot, I know it's over. Like I, I <laughs> but, know he's gonna—he's gonna, he's gonna get hot. Like, what he, made me again? What made game. me more mad? And like everybody's on everybody on Twitter is like killing him for it. And it's like it's just the Rockets or like the Rockets team. It's like. You waited till he hit sixty to be like, "Oh, we should double." Too late now. <laughs> yeah. Um, from something, nothing, everything. One of the staples here at the the Prime Sports World is the crossover, and let's do us a quick goat talk. Quick goat talk. Uh, just because we're kind of pressed for time, I'm not going to make you guess the player, the players, even though that's the fun part in all of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first player is JJ Redick, who you can like. You can definitely make the argument that he was a better college player just because of his accomplishments versus what he did in the pros. Like, just to name off a I mean, few. His first couple of years in the NBA were rough, but like he really rounded into shape. Like when he was in Orlando, he was kind of an afterthought. But like once he got to like later in his career, when he went to the, like the Clippers and like became like the player that he would become, he became well, like he didn't like yeah. He didn't reach double figures in his career up until his one, two, three, four, fifth year in Orlando. Yeah. He didn't like, but, but. I mean, he, didn't play, he also didn't play a lot in those Magic teams, those early Magic teams. No, he didn't. Because they were trying to win the title. Right. He, he like So, like, the one year he played, the one year he averaged double figures uh, was at 09, was that 2009, 2010? No, that was a. Um, the next year, 2010-2011. Whatever year they went to the finals. What year did they go to the Oh, uh, so like 2008, 2008, 2009. 2008-2009, like that was his, like his – so he goes to the finals his third year in the league. Yeah, he's not playing. He's not taking minutes over Jameer Nelson and uh, Courtney Lee at the, other gu- at, the, at the other guard spot. But, yeah, he really came into his own, like Milwaukee, the Clippers, Philly, yeah, yeah, woo-woo. And the second player is – Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague, what like he won a ring. Like the only accomplishment he has was what was a one-time All-Star, and he won a ring with the Bucks, but he was not a contributor. I'm still, I, I'm still gonna take Teague uh, in this debate. I, I just think that he was so important to those Hawk teams while they were relevant and going to like, you know, they had the best record in the Eastern Conference for one season. And I know they didn't work out well in the playoffs, uh, but I think if I'm gonna be picking between these two guys, I gotta go Jeff Teague. I gotta go JJ Redick. Um because like because he came into his own 
And like he was like, I think I would have because so many people who hated JJ Reddick in college wanted him to fail as a pro. Like JJ yeah. Reddick was probably the first Duke villain since Christian Leitner. Like people, like I don't know, because I know you're not really big in the college basketball. JJ Reddick at Duke was a menace. People hated him. <laughs> for however he, he, he talks about it a lot during his broadcast and stuff. Whenever he, they talk about, you know, players like, but yeah, he he was one of the. He was not a particularly liked NBA player. Um, and, but yeah, and, he, and, but no, he no, turned no, his NBA, NBA career into literally really something special. Yeah, like he was like, he was good. He was a marksman. He was he was cold. Like he was crucial for those Clippers. So like the argument that you made for Jeff T with the Hawks, you can make the same argument for JJ Redick with the Clippers. Like when it was all right, when when it was Chris Paul, Reddick, and whoever else on the court, and it's like, do I want Blake Griffin dunking on my team or do I want JJ Reddick lighting me up? Which will yeah. which one do I <laughs> and it's yeah, like bro. I'm I'm gonna live with yeah, I'm gonna live with Blake Griffin dunking I'm, on the I'm, team. I'm, I'm still I'm still rolling with Jeff T. That's my final answer. Um, yeah, that's been our that's been our crossover the load management debate. Uh, you know, in this show today's show, we talked about load management. We talked about all the different awards. Uh, we oh, and real, everything, and we did a go talk. And real quick, just all right. So Jeff T. Ten thousand sixty one points. That's twelve point two a game. 1,989 rebounds, 2.4 a game, 4,585 assists, that's 5.6 a game. J.J. Reddick, on the other hand, 12,028 points, 12.8 or 13 a game, 1,903 rebounds, two rebounds a game, and 1,862 assists, that's two-point rebounds a game. Again, J.J. Reddick was – J.J. Reddick's a lot taller than people give him credit for. J.J. Reddick, you know J.J. Reddick, 6'4"? Did you know that? Yeah, I, I did not know that. I, I I thought JJ Reddick was out there like you know like the six two, you know, you know like. <laughs> no, I thought like never forget. He was for sure like all of six four. Uh, but yeah, and, David Huffman right there is with the TJ Hopkins. This has been our episode of the crossover. Please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, keep an eye out here in a few minutes. We're going to be starting up our next offseason preview episode. We're going to be talking about the NFC East, including the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, keep an eye out for that content. We're going to start that show in about five minutes. I'm David Huffman right there is with TJ Hopkins and TJ. What we do here at the Prime, my friend. JJ Reddick was better than Jeff Teague, but anyway, we bring the heat, and we're gonna. <laughs> not, only, not, not only do we bring the heat, we all wish you a very happy early birthday, my friend. Uh, Thank what you. is your birthday on the fifth? Uh, Sunday. The fifth. And uh, real quick, shout out, shout out to my older brother Jeff. Today is his thirty-second birthday, all the way in Bayron, serving the country, all that good stuff. Salute to my older brother. Love you, baby. Yeah. Well, I'll see you in a couple minutes, man. See you in a couple minutes.